join in, just put your name on the sheet at the back welcome desk, and we'll pray some more <laughs> this evening and every day this week, just calling on the name of the Lord. I'm starting a new series of uh, messages that will carry on for a number of weeks called the Letters to the Thessalonians, and so I'm going to talk about uh, the books of First and Second Thessalonians. We're going to talk about what Paul was writing to this church in Thessalonica. But let me, uh, let me start with this uh, little story. The next time you get to fly on a commercial airline, I'd like you to, to remember to take out the safety card. Now, I know that when they're going through the safety instructions on the plane, most people don't pay attention. You know, WestJet, when I've flown on there, they've tried to make it funny so that people do pay attention. And sometimes that works. But uh, truthfully, a lot of people ignore the little safety brochure that is there. On one United Airlines safety card, they had recorded uh, this <laughs> particular saying. Uh, they had actually written this on their safety card, which is a bit of an oxymoron, and it's, it's kind of bizarre. If you are sitting in an exit row and you cannot understand this card or cannot see well enough to follow these instructions, please tell a crew member. And in the, in the midst of communication, if they can't understand it, if they can't read it, how are they supposed to know that you should tell a crew member? <laughs> Not the greatest uh, example of communication. And uh, obviously, that becomes crucial in the midst of a safety concern, that we would communicate well. You know, in, in the midst of that, when Paul was living and when he was traveling throughout different areas, he wanted to communicate to those that he had reached out to. And the only way that he could do that was to send a letter and, or a person. And sometimes it was both. Sometimes he wrote the letter and sent it with the person so that they could deliver it because they didn't have a post office uh, and postal carriers like we do. And in the midst of that, he was writing to so many of the churches that he had visited and cared for, uh, telling them about the Christian faith, encouraging them in how that they should live. And so we find ourselves reading Paul's letters and understanding that he was reaching out to the churches. And I want you to understand the communication and the background into which uh, he was uh, communicating. And so Thessalonia, or Thess Thessalonians is written to the people of Thessalonica. It was a city in Macedonia. And so I'm going to give you just a little bit of background so that you understand what Paul went through in order to see this church become established. And that led to him writing this letter of 1 Thessalonians that we're going to talk about today. Now, you will see that near the top of your screen on the map that I am providing that there is uh, Thessalonica that's right near Philippi and the, the town uh, to the sort of southwest is Berea. And those all played a very major part in what Paul was doing. See, he had traveled on the second missionary journey throughout uh, what was Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey, along the coast, visiting churches that he had been to, but the Holy Spirit prevented him from going any further into those areas. And they found themselves at a seaport called Troas. And when he was there, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. God spoke to him in a dream. 
And in that dream, he saw a man that he could identify as from the area of Macedonia, calling to him to come and help them. And so because of that dream, because of that prophetic word that God was delivering to them, then Paul and his team of people that he was traveling with determined that that's exactly where they should go next. And so they took a boat from Troas, which you can see on the map, up to the area near Philippi. Philippi was a, a fairly a major town, and it was a Roman colony, which was important because Rome was the dominant political um, controlling authority in that time. And so if you were Roman, it mattered. Now, Paul and uh, Silas, one of the team members that he was traveling with, were Roman citizens. And they came into the town of Philippi and they began to speak about Jesus Christ as the Messiah, crucified for the sins of mankind, raised from the dead, and there were people that began to believe. And in that town of Philippi, Paul came across this, uh, these people that were controlling a young girl, and the young girl was possessed by a demon. And they were using her in order to tell fortunes and make money. And this became such an uh, agitation to Paul that he rebuked the demon, cast it out of the girl, and those people lost their ability to make money through her. They could no longer control her. She could no longer speak from uh, that spirit realm. And so they caused a riot in the, in the city. Uh, ultimately, Paul and Silas were arrested, thrown in prison. They were beaten and... Um, it, it became a, a big deal. Now, ultimately, God did some amazing miracles in Philippi. And uh, a church was planted there because of the people that believed the message that he was preaching. The Philippian jailer, literally his whole household got saved, baptized, became a heart of a church there. But after it was all said and done and, and the prison officials and the city officials had all dealt with the fallout of it, they asked Paul to leave. <laughs> they said, we don't want you here. You're stirring up the city, causing problems, and so please leave. And so he did. And he went to Thessalonica, the next town over, to preach the gospel, to share about Jesus Christ, crucified for the forgiveness of sins, raised from the dead, and ultimately, as he was sharing in the Jewish synagogue in Thessalonica, people began to believe the message that Jesus was the Messiah. But not everybody believed. There were a number of people that uh, were upset by Paul's message. And he had, he had been talking about Jesus Christ for a number of weeks. And they got so upset, they caused a riot in Thessalonica. <laughs> the whole city got stirred up. The whole city was, be, became enraged by what was happening, and now they couldn't find Paul and Silas. Maybe they did a better job of being a little more discreet, but they knew the people he was staying with. And so they had arrested them and charged them, fined them, and uh, basically Paul and his team of missionaries were, were uh, getting out of the city as quickly as possible to avoid literal violence against them. 
And so he had to leave quickly, and he went to the town of Berea. He began to preach about Jesus Christ. Died on a cross for the sins of mankind, raised from the dead, that people would believe that God had given new life. And ultimately, this continued to be something that was powerful, and people in Berea believed. Except for the people in Thessalonica heard that Paul was in Berea and sent some people and stirred it up and created another riot. This was becoming a desperate situation for Paul, and so some of his friends moved him on to Athens. And yet, Timothy and Silas stayed behind in Berea and began to help the believers that were just so new. It was all so new to so many of these churches. And Paul became very, very concerned because he was only in these places for short periods of time. They believe he had maybe only been in Thessalonica for like three weeks to establish a church there. It wasn't very long. And so he eventually sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how people were doing, and he wrote this letter, 1 Thessalonians, to encourage this young church in a desperate time. A difficult time. And I'm going to read the entire uh, chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. Now, don't get too stressed out. It's only 10 verses. <laughs> 10 verses, starting at verse 1, of course. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, may God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly as we pray to our God and Father about you. We think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true, and you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of severe suffering. It brought you. In this way you imitated both us and the Lord, and as a result you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For everywhere we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome that you gave us and how you turned away from idols and serving the living, to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus whom God raised from the dead, he is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of coming judgment. It's a powerful book. It's a powerful letter that Paul is sending to the believers there. And I want you to get a good picture of what Paul had gone through to establish the church and what they were going through themselves. You see, Paul had only been there for a short time. He preached. He was persecuted. He had to to go. 
He was driven out. And in the course of that, the church received the message with great faith, but they also were persecuted to the point where Paul says in his letter that they were enduring severe suffering for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They not only believed the message, but they lived it out. In fact, the example of what they were doing, even in enduring the suffering, had spread to other people. Even in a short time, others in other cities were talking about the people of Thessalonica and how strong their faith was. They had demonstrated their love for Paul. They had demonstrated their faith in God. And it spread far and wide. Which is a great thing. The, the Thessalonian church was planted in the midst of a stressful circumstance, but they were faithful, and it turned out to be an example to others. And that is exactly why I entitled this message, Stressed, but Still Faithful. In 1950, Mother Teresa founded the Missionaries of Charity, a Roman Catholic religious congregation that at one time had over 4,500 nuns serving in Calcutta, or in many different places, actually. They were in all over different countries. Not all of them were in Calcutta, but that's certainly where she started her mission. She began to reach out to people with uh, HIV, AIDS, leprosy, tuberculosis, all kinds of different diseases in helping people. And she became known for this all around the world, and there was a young boy that had written to Mother Teresa and asked her how he could make a difference with his life like she had with hers in this world. For months he didn't hear anything from her and then one day he gets a letter from Calcutta, India and he opened it up and those simple words from Mother Teresa said, find your own Calcutta. If you want to make a difference, then you need to reach out with what God has called you to do. And that love of God that God inspires inside of believers would not only have an impact on the people around them, but that the message would go far and wide. That the example of their faithfulness to God would be such that it would help people to know who God was and is, even in the midst of difficulty. It's not easy to face difficulty. To be stressed in different circumstances of life and yet to be faithful to God, there are many people that turn aside for various reasons. And so in applying this word that Paul had written to the Thessalonian church, I wanted you to know that the heart of it is about faithfulness. It's about being faithful to God. In the moments of severe testing, the struggle with stress and dealing with that 
I am telling you that faithfulness to God will help you. God will help you as you are faithful to Him. And so this is the main point of my message today. When life is filled with stressful moments, God can bring us peace and hope through trusting in Him. You know, this is the testimony that we read in the Old Testament as the psalmist David and others, what the prophet's messages were to the nation of Israel was to be faithful to God. Regardless of what their circumstances were, they were called to be faithful people. Let me read to you a few of those psalms written by David. Psalm 9, verse 10 Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Psalm 33, verse 20 to 22. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Proverbs 29 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. We live in a stressful moment in our history, within our culture. If there is not a person that has been stressed out by COVID restrictions or fear of catching COVID or all of the things that go along with it, I'd be surprised. Everyone has been affected in some way, and it has caused stress, caused stress for me. Within my family, within my extended family, within the church in various ways. And so the truth is, when we live in stressful times, will we be faithful? That's the question we need to ask. You know, we have all kinds of limits to our living now that we're not used to. There are relationships that are stressed. There are workplaces that are stressed. And I think we need to come to the understanding that, you know, God does allow the stress. He allows it. In Thessalonica, they went through severe suffering. God didn't just cut that off and save them from it. They went through it. Because God helped them to get through it. And I think we need to recognize the fact that yes, we would love to be delivered from all the things that we're stressed about. But mainly, we need to depend on God to be faithful to Him, to trust Him to take us through these things. So, what will help us? I wanted to give you some things that will help you in managing through these stressful times that will let you express your faithfulness to God. And the first one is this. Pray more. Now I know we all pray for various things within our circumstances when we're in trouble or when we have people that are in need in our life, we have a lot of those. 
But I'm asking you today, can you pray a little bit more than you already have? Pray a little bit more over the issues that you're struggling with because it's easy to complain about them. I've seen the Twitter feeds, the Facebook and Instagram posts that are complaining about all of the things that are going on, and truthfully, I'm a bit tired of it. And I just want to say to people, would you pray about the things that you're complaining about? (laughs) And I've started to pray for some of those people that are struggling in these areas. Praying a little bit more than we already have, making an effort to talk to God about the issues, whether it it be something with the government or with a relationship that we're having or something that's happening at work that's been disturbed. In the times that we are living in, I believe we need to call on the name of the Lord and that will help us if we are faithful in this. God will help us in the midst of how we feel about it and managing the stress of it. The second thing is this, Plan to encourage others. I think when we plan to encourage others, when we are reaching out with the intention of saying, I want to help you, I want to give you a word that will lift you up, there's far too many discouraging things in our culture. So tell people that they are valuable. Tell people that they are cared for. Tell people that God loves them and that you care about who they are and how they're doing. Be willing to help. You know, this is the, what happened in the Thessalonian church. I mean, Paul needed some help. And so it says that they welcomed him. Even if it was helping him get out of town safely. What it, whatever it took. And so plan to encourage others, whether it's sending them a note, giving them a, a helping hand up, helping somebody with their groceries. I know that there are a number of people because of our ice and snow and our slippery streets, they've needed a little help from time to time. You know, one of our neighbors, I I knew that she was never going to shovel out her driveway, so one of my other neighbors in the complex, we got there with our shovels and shoveled her out. Now, she didn't have to go anywhere right away, but it helped her. The third thing we can do to express our faith is to fuel hope with understanding God's plan for the future. Now, I'm going to talk a lot more about this in some future sermons, but I want you to know that right from Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul talked about the Thessalonians' hope in the return of Jesus Christ. That they were looking forward to Jesus Christ coming back from heaven. And I think that it helps us when we understand God's plan for the future, when we look into Scripture and see what He says about the return of the Messiah. So I encourage you to study it. Look into it. Now I know some of you are saying, I am not reading Revelation. That's way too complicated. It's not just Revelation. Jesus himself spoke about what was going to happen in the end times and it's recorded in the Gospels. A number of times Paul talks about it in various letters and we can look into it and say God has a plan 
God has a hope for the future of mankind. And we can become so disturbed, we can become so distressed by saying, I don't see any hope for the future. Look at God's hope for the future. Look at who Jesus is and what God has said about Jesus' return. And therefore, when we look at that, we can anticipate God's intervention in our life. He helps us. This last little tip that I want to share with you today is about putting people pressures in their proper place. I must say that there have been a lot of people that are stressed because someone has told them something that they didn't like or has raised a complaint or a concern or they've read a news article that says something and then the next day they've read a news article that says the opposite thing and they don't know what to do with it all. People pressures. There's all kinds of it in our culture at the moment. And I'm telling you that none of those things ranks as above the Lord God Almighty. And you need to put all of those things in its proper place. Yes, I appreciate you know, the, the news that comes from various sources. I appreciate the fact that I can look on an app on my phone and see what the weather's supposed to do, according to meteorologists. doesn't always happen. But uh, the truth is, I do appreciate those things. But if I let them control my emotional life, even my intellectual life, then I am going to be stressed out. I am going to be depressed. The number one source of my hope is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And as Christians, we need to be following our Lord. And we need to make sure that none of those other things are above who God is and what God says. He is the Lord of glory, and we need to learn what it means to put it in its proper place. You know, the Thessalonians, they experienced a riot in their city. <laughs> I've never been in a riot. I don't know exactly what that's like. You know, I've seen some things on TV that are very disturbing when, uh, when there's those kinds of things going on. The reality is that they had every reason to be afraid and they had every reason to hide within their city. And they did not do so. They chose to be faithful to God. They chose to keep believing, praying, trusting, helping, loving, reaching out. And so I'm encouraging you to do the same. To be those kind of people that will constantly be calling on the name of the Lord, believing what God has for us is important. Faithfulness. That is what God has called us to. And it will help you in the midst of difficult moments, whether it's something that is in our culture, whether it's something that we're struggling with politically, or whether it's a relationship or a job issue. Faithfulness to God will help us because God helps us. Because God is with you. And God is for you. 
So let me tell you this little story. Sally was a young girl, and she was allowed to walk to school by herself. And she enjoyed the freedom that she was allowed. She loved skipping along the sidewalk. She would look at the flowers and people that she would meet along the way. She would say hi to and wave at the neighbors. And she loved being able to walk to school on her own. One morning when she was about to leave, the sky looked cloudy and it was threatening rain later in the day. And so she still wanted to walk to school and her mother said that it was okay that she could still walk to school as long as she took her umbrella. When school was over, this little girl, Sally, began to walk home and of course she was skipping along and the rain began to fall. She was going along the very same route that she took every day and pretty soon the wind began to whip up And in fact, there was such threatening storm clouds that there was thunder and lightning, and the lightning began to crash. And so, Sally's mother became really worried. Yes, she had her umbrella, but, I mean, it was beginning to be quite the storm. And so, she jumped in the car, and she traveled along to the exact same route that Sally would go every single day and in order to find her and to be able to help her not have to walk home in the rain and be scared from the thunder and the lightning. In the course of turning the corner, she saw her little girl skipping along like she normally did, not worried about the rain or anything else that was going along. And when the lightning crashed, and there was that thunderous sound, she saw her little girl turn the umbrella lift her eyes to the sky and smile, and then begin skipping along. She was a little confused by what her little girl was doing, and so she watched this, and she did it a number of times. Every time that that lightning flashed and there was a crashing thunder, she was looking up the sky like it was the greatest thing in the world. And she pulled over to the side of the road and got her little girl to come in the car and said, Sally, what on earth were you doing by taking the umbrella away and looking at the sky? She said, oh, mom, I was smiling. God keeps on taking pictures of me. Now, as adults, we may think that's just a silly story. That a little kid could interpret something as uh, simple as the weather as God's care over her. But there comes a moment in our stressful situations where we should be more like the child. Where we really should understand that God is with us no matter what we're going through. That God is helping us no matter what we're dealing with. That He is there and will help us navigate through every situation. I'm not saying that those situations won't be messy. And that they won't be difficult. I'm simply telling you that God is with you. And that God is for you. And that we need to be faithful. Trusting Him every moment. Will you stand with me and invite the worship team
every one of us deals with stressful situations at some time. I don't know what all of yours are. I know some of you because you have mentioned it in a prayer request. But I want to pray for you, each of you, regardless of what you're going through, that God would continue to encourage you in your faith and that you would call on His name. Father God, you are Lord over everything. My circumstance, the things that the church is dealing with, the people that are struggling with COVID, the people that are struggling with financial issues or relationship issues, God, you know everything. And you care for us beyond what we can understand. How deep the love that you have for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God, we pray today that you would help us to understand even the tiniest bit and help our faith that we would call on your name, that we would continue to trust you in every moment. Thank you for who you are and all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing this song together.